podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome to the Man City Show. It's Nigel Rothman back in the chair. And Sergio Aguero has announced his retirement from football today. I think we'll talk about that. Since our last podcast, City have beaten Wolves thanks to a very dodgy penalty and scraped past Leeds United just 7-0. We know our next opponents in the Champions League, that's Sporting Lisbon. Raheem Sterling is a nominee for Sports Personality of the Year and we look forward to Newcastle United away on Sunday. Lots to get through in the next seven minutes. To help me do that, I've got three guests. Welcome back to Roger Reed. Hi, Rog. Good evening to you all. Welcome to Lizo, Ian Lees. Hi, Ian. Good evening, everyone. And to one of my favourite people on the planet, welcome to Tony Newgrosh. Hi, Tony. Too kind. Thank you, Nigel. Tony, just... Uh, there is only one place to start. We've seen the tears from Barcelona. We've seen Pep flew over there, especially to be in the audience. The great, the legend, uh, that is Sergio Aguero, has announced his retirement. Your your thoughts and reflections on that news, please, Tony? Yeah, very poignant today. I don't think there's ever been a, a footballer who's just made sheer brilliance look so effortless over the years and has remained so humble all the way through. He's just given us so much pleasure. I'm sure we'll all remember him till the day we die for that moment against QPR. But um, that was the time that typical City finally died and we we really announced ourselves as a club and he's been instrumental in everything we've achieved over 10 years and he's done it with a smile on his face. So we can only say thank you so much. We've enjoyed it. We hope you've enjoyed it and we wish you all the best for the future. Rog, how are you feeling at this moment about about Sergio and, and the, the the legacy that he leaves? Well, it, of course, it's mi- it's mixed emotions in the sense that he obviously is a Barcelona player now. But um, yeah, he, he, everyone I, I think across the world identifies him as a City player, and I just think it's in a sense it's a shame that he did leave us, you know, for those brief months because. I think if he'd been with City now, I think the heartache, the passion, the, the the love that we have for Sergio would be just that little bit greater. You know, it's almost a bit strange to have him announcing his retirement in Barcelona. It should be in, Man- in Manchester, shouldn't it? Really? But uh, yeah, one one of the one of the top ten greatest players ever to play for Manchester City, without any shadow of a doubt, and uh, to be the the club's all time record goalscorer. Uh, and to have won five league titles in 10 years, absolutely incredible. You know, just we, we've all said, how do you re- replace the irreplaceable? Uh, he's just been a, a, an absolute legend and, and will be and will be for the future. And of course, it's right that the club are having a statue built and, and it will be at the Etihad very soon in his honour. Quite right. To go along with Vincent Companies and David Silvers that were unveiled quite recently, of course, the club, as you say, quite rightly, have, have confirmed that that's going to happen in in 2022. Uh, Lizo, your thoughts and reflections and emotions at this time. Well, I, I was very fortunate there, but I actually met the fellow a couple of times, and also saw him back in 2010 before City even thought of him when he played for Atletico Madrid, and he was just an incredible player at that time playing for Madrid. Um, and as a thought, as a Man City fan, I was hoping, uh, oh, there's no way we'd get this fella. Um, he just tore Fulham apart in, in, in that final. And yeah, I was so glad when he came over. It was there when his first game for City came on a sub and scored two. And, you know, the rest, 
you, you just in awe of the fella. And I've met him a couple of times when I worked there. He had one of the pleasantest, nicest fellas you could ever meet. Very humble, would talk to anyone, would take photographs with the kids, everything. Just a nice fella, absolutely nice fella. No one can use wishing the, all the best. And he's got, he went to Barcelona, he was only for a few months, but still a city player in my eyes. And Tony, what was it about him, just sticking with Sergio for a moment, what what was it about him as a footballer? I mean, Liso's talked about him kind of off the pitch and what a nice, humble fellow he was. And that's always great to hear, isn't it? When you, you think of your heroes and you, you just hope they're great off the pitch as well. So it's great to hear that's exactly how he is. But, but just talking about him as a footballer, and again, Rog sort of waxing lyrical about one of the, the greatest players ever to play for Manchester City, arguably one of the greatest players ever to play the game, you, you could argue. What, what was it about him? What was it about his game? What was it about him on the pitch that made him so special, Tony? He just played with a smile on his face. He just played with joy. It didn't matter the fact it was a goal that won the league or he could have been playing Sunday league football. He just embraced it. He enjoyed it. He, he lived the way we could all dream of playing to be honest uh he wasn't a typical pep player he wasn't particularly interested in chasing after the ball he just loved putting the ball in the back of the net and more than that he played for the team he was a team player uh and he was a blue and i love him and i'm gonna miss him greatly roger on twitter we've had a a couple of questions one is kind of your top five goals and i don't I'm not very good at this game, I have to, have to admit. I'm also, there's, there's one we're going to talk about in a second that I do remember because I was very fortunate to be there on that particular occasion. Uh, but, but any other favourite goals before we, well, any that spring to mind for, for you before we get on to the, the famous QPR goal? Yeah, I mean, rather than pick one, um, the, the, the big thing with Sergio was that I, I, I've got this thing about games against the opposition from Trafford. Um, and anybody that steps up to the plate and scores regularly in games against them, I think shows no fear, shows a real strength of character. And his record for scoring in games, in derby games, was absolutely phenomenal. And, you know, th- there are too many to, to talk about and to, and to wax lyrical about. So, But every single goal he scored against them was a special one as far as I was concerned. Any standout for you, Lizzie, particularly any goals that Sergio scored? Yeah, there's a couple. There was a couple where I can't remember the opposition, but it was a cross. I think it was from Sane on from the left-hand side. And he just got in front of the uh, centre-half and flicked it with his outside of his boot, just nudged it. And it was just brilliant. Absolutely. Only Sergio could have done that. And then there was one other where, again, can't remember the opposition, came, cut inside and then hit it. And it just crashed against the underside of the bar and bounced several times. Unbelievable. He just had power. He was just powerful. Rog? Yeah, other than uh, the obvious goal in, in 2012, I think the other one that stands out for me was the, the one against Liverpool, where he scored from such a narrow angle in that game that we won 2-1, which more or less guaranteed that we were going to coast. Well, not coast. It wasn't that easy, but it, we were going to go and have a real challenge and a real chance of winning the league. And of course, we did go on to to, to win the league. Yeah, so I, I think that goal, because it was such a special goal and because it was from such an angle and because it screamed past De Gea again, uh, it screamed past uh, Alisson again, it, it was just a phenomenal goal. Tony, any anything to add from, from you before we, we talk about uh, a particular goal? 
Oh, there's just too many to mention, aren't there? But um, I thought that one against Chelsea where he bounced off a couple of defenders and slammed it in the top corner from about 25 yards, 30 yards. That that just summed him up to me. And he did them all, didn't he? Headers, left foot, right foot. Didn't matter. He'd score them all. And just there was so many that they've shown that one against Norwich where Tevez backheeled it to him, top corner. We could be here all night talking about special goals from Sergio, but that was the player he was. Well, let's talk about the 94th minute on the 13th of May 2012 then. And just to set the scene for those who may be listening that can't remember, <laughs> Queen's Park Rangers, um, we haven't lost a home all season. Um, Stretford had just won away at Sunderland and at the time, as we went into added time, uh, we were going to lose that top spot on the very last day of the season. But uh, Sergio popped up um, and, and scored. Just, just try and describe the emotion, uh, Lizo, that, that that you kind of went through at that moment. And uh, I'm not going to ask you how many more times on YouTube you've watched it because I suspect it's into the thousands if you're anything <laughs> like me. But uh, and I almost cry every time. But but at the time, what, what, how did that feel for you? And again, just to remind everybody, it was 1968, 44 year wait for a top flight win. <laughs> The emotion I went through was when Balotelli put it back to him and he went past the central defender. It was a newer, if, if I remember rightly. And I thought, he's pulled him down. It's going to fall. It's going to be a penalty. And I thought, when he hit it, it was like a two, two, two emotions in one. I thought, you idiot, why haven't you fallen to get the penalty? Next thing, he's running away and scored. So elation. So I had two lots of emotion within, within the space of two seconds. It was... Um, Incredible moment, um, and I don't know if anybody's watched the, the interview with Aguero when he when he uh, talked about that goal, and he said he had no intention other than taking it off Balotelli and slamming it in the back of the net, and that's all he can remember of it. So he actually said he thought Balotelli was going to shoot, yeah, and he couldn't believe it when Balotelli actually laid it off to him. So yeah, mm, yeah, it was good. Yeah, so yeah, I, I just had a two-second mixed emotion. Rog, what about yourself? Yeah, I mean, it, it, it was an incredible afternoon because your emotion was absolutely flat when QPR were were winning 2-1. It reminded me a little bit, and, and I was actually sat with Lizo in the stand for the Gillingham game at Wembley. You know, you were absolutely at such a low point when Gillingham were 2-0 up. Uh, and even when uh, Kevin Horlock got the consolation goal, you, you're still flat because you thought, OK, consolation goal, we can go home now. But when when Paul Dickoff got the equaliser, I, th- I think because that's the only other one I can compare, because you're going from being absolutely down and out, flat, you know, depressed and everything, to absolute wonderment and joy within minutes. It was it was incredible. It was an incredible day, incredible emotions for all of us. Tony. Well, let me tell you where I was for the first half of that QPR game. I was at my son's fourth birthday party that my wife had booked six months previously. (laughs) And not only that, she managed to find the one place imaginable in the whole city where there's no mobile phone signal. So I I couldn't check the score. Now, I was allowed out at half time, provided... I took my one-year-old child with me. So I'm sat in the pub with a one-year-old child who's screaming his head off, get there just in time to see us go 2-1 down. And oh, as for the no. emotion, yeah, as for the emotion when we scored, 
let me tell you, I hated them at that point. I hated them. I thought, <laughs> how dare you? How dare you put me through this again? How dare you? So we actually organized a celebratory dinner later that week so we could actually enjoy the moment in reflection. But no, it was, it. oh, I, I was all over the place. As I'm sure the award for the best story was, goes to you, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> but it was more relief than joy, wasn't it? I think was the point at the time. And now we reflect back and with a happy ending. But Well, oh. I, I was very... I was very fortunate to have uh, my father on one side of me and my wife on the other. Um, and, and my dad, a bit like Gillian, had actually disappeared. Um, he couldn't watch it. Uh, he certainly didn't watch uh, extra time at the Gillian game. I was next to him during that really? game. And he'd, and he'd wandered into kind of the, uh, you know, in, in, into the kind of the, I don't know what you call it, when you go behind the seats and uh, where all the all the toilets and, and cafes where the bars and stuff are. are. And the where concourse. The bars are. The concourse, that's the word. Concourse, yeah. Why didn't I know that word? So he was wandering around the concourse and eventually he kind of came back in and he was there for the goal. Um, and, and just, I, I think you're right. I think it was. It was the, it was the, the difference between the, the, the sheer agony of thinking this is not going to happen again and it's going to be the Reds who do it to suddenly that joy and the ecstasy and you, and you were hugging and kissing people you'd never seen in your life before. And I just completely lost it. And, and my wife, Nicole, said she'd never, ever seen me like that ever, ever in my life. I kind of just completely <laughs> lost it. It was just the most amazing thing. Um, wonderful. Listen, thank, thanks for sharing your uh, thoughts. Before we go to a break, just one final question. We know we've got uh, a statue coming. We've also been asked on Twitter whether the North Stand should be renamed maybe... Uh, the Sergio stand or the Sergio Aguero stand. I don't know whether you've got a view on that. Um, we might eventually run out of stands. Of course, we have the Colin Bell stand already, quite right, he says. Uh, so, so Tony, what about uh, the Sergio stand, Sergio Aguero stand? Are you, are you a yes or a no to that idea? I'm going to say yes. I think he deserves it. Absolutely. Yes. It's a yes from me, boss. So, yes from, from, from Tony. Lizo, are you a yes or a no man? Uh, absolutely. Uh, one of the things I don't like is we keep saying the North Stand, the South Stand, and the East Stand, but we say the Colin Bell Stand, which sounds more um, Man City-ish. So why not call one of the stands the Sergio Stand? Right, Roger, have we got, have we got three out of three with you, or are you going to sort of uh, back off a bit and say a statue's good enough? Yeah, I think the statue's good enough for me. I, I, I think I'm conscious that there are also five or six players who've played a lot more games than than Sergio. I know Sergio was my hero. Please don't let please don't misread what I'm saying in any way, shape, or form. But you've got people like Alan Oakes, Joe Corrigan, Mike Doyle, Bert Troutman, um, Colin Bell, who played five hundred league games plus, you know, in their careers. And and at the moment we haven't done anything to honor that. And I I just in a lot of ways, I want at the back of my mind some sort of honour for, for them and what they did for City over the years as well. Don't get me wrong, I'm absolutely happy with the Sergio statue and I think it's quite right and proper. But I think those that are legends as well, then they should be honoured in some way. Fantastic. Appreciate all your thoughts on Sergio. We're going to take a quick break. And after that, we're going to talk about scraping through against Leeds, dodgy penalty also against Wolves and our, our next opponents in both the Champions League and the Premier League. And we're going to do that all straight after this break. If you want an e-bike that doesn't look like it's made for the shopping precinct, something that's less Mr Bean and more Steve McQueen, 
check out the range of bikes from London-based Cooler King. From dope 250-watt city bikes to Harley Bobber-inspired 750-watt beasts that can tear your face off while leaving your smile intact. Cooler Kings are made in limited numbers, yet highly affordable. Check them out now on the web at cooler.bike or find them on Instagram with hashtag CoolerKingBike. Cooler.bike. E-bikes that are cool AF. Welcome back. Listen, let's let's talk about Wolves quite quickly. Uh, I talk about a dodgy penalty, but in all seriousness, yes, on the balance of play, of course, City should have won that game easily. Um, but it did take a penalty that, even with VAR, Rog, you know, you know my views on VAR. We won't talk about that today. But you, some people, some neutrals, some people who don't like City might say it was a dodgy penalty. Yeah, uh, the only thing I will say is that uh, the way Wolves played, Nigel, was was an absolute disgrace. It, it was, honestly, and forgive me, Wolves fans, if you're listening to this, because your team just did not deserve to get anything out of the game the way you played. It, it, it was just an appalling approach. City are doing everything they possibly can, and I can understand that you, you play with a flat back five and you've got people in front so close in front of the back five that you're not going to give much away. Yeah, a lot of teams do that. A lot of teams have done that. But the way they were playing and feigning injury and and all of that, just it doesn't endear you to the team Wolves in any way, shape or form. And I've actually got a lot of respect for Wolves over the years. They've always been a tough opponent, but... But that that I, I was so disappointed with the way they approached the game. And if there's any divine justice, it was right and proper that City won the game. Lizzo? Yeah, this is going to be a bit controversial now because I know you're going to jump in here. But there was two penalties. Uh, no, there wasn't. There was only one. No, there was one. <laughs> one given by a referee that even Alan Shearer, Shearer didn't like, uh, Jonathan Moss. So I have a theory that they didn't give the first penalty. So when the second opportunity came along that wasn't quite a penalty, they gave it because they should have given the first one. So, Nigel, I'd like to see your, hear your view on that one, being the referee you are. I have to say, I thought the first one was a, a stronger shout for a penalty, and that's why I'm describing it as a dodgy one, the second one. I think you're absolutely right. There was no question. Whilst his arms were by his side, he definitely leant into the ball, didn't he? And, and that movement meant that it hit his arm. So for me, I can't quite understand why that wasn't given. And, and again, I really don't want to get into VAR. I'm, I'm determined not to. But this is the problem. It comes down to opinion, which I've said right from the start. And that, that's always the problem with VAR. And, and in one opinion, one wasn't a penalty. In the second one, it was. But 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 Tony, in, in terms of the, the result, clearly... Uh, that's what champions do, isn't it? You know, they they grind out these results uh, against teams as Roger sort of touched on. You know, kind of the sort of tactics they employed to so manage to get over the line, which is, as I say, what what champions tend to do. Yeah, I don't think it was a case that we played particularly badly. To be fair to Wolves, the one thing they did do is defend very, very well, and absolutely, it wasn't a, a smash and grab one nil. We thoroughly deserved to win that game. Um, look, I'm just going to say this on the penalties. I think it's a stupid rule, the penalty rule. They should start again. Give a penalty for denying a clear goal-scoring opportunity, wherever it is. Don't care if it's in the box, outside the box. I'd change it. That's my say. Um, But clearly, I agree with you. I think the second one should have been given because he stopped the ball going into the back of the net, I think. That, in my mind, is a penalty, not brushing your arm in the corner of the penalty box that would have probably led to nothing anyhow. But, yeah, we got over the line. A good three points. And... 
wasn't all that different to the performance against Leeds, to be honest. It's just that a few percent and things went our way. But no, it was it was a relief to get over the line. It wasn't particularly enjoyable, but that's what grinding out results is about occasionally. Well, let's talk about enjoyable then. And you've raised Leeds and, and let's just talk about that. I mean, what a magnificent... Uh, two things I'd say to start with to kick it off. A, a great team performance, but some fa- fabulous individual performances within that as well. Just just what a team, what a performance, what a game. Tony, will you just, just, just help us sort of unpick some of that and then let's just relish that great performance. Um, I, I don't think I've seen a game that was that much fun since... I don't know, the 6-1 perhaps. It was just great. It was like boys' own, wasn't it? And Leeds, let's be honest, they played their part. They they just kept going for it and left themselves open. And I suppose Wolves will say, well, what did you want from us? But it was just fabulous. The Stones goal, how many times did he shoot and the ball bounced back to him? It was just brilliant entertainment. And, you know, whatever happens this season, if we win the league, I'll be delighted. If Liverpool win the league, I'll have to say, well done, as much as I'll hate it. If Chelsea win the league, I'd bloody hate it because they play rubbish football. But everyone would have enjoyed that performance last night, whoever they support. And it was a fantastic team effort. It's like the Borg, isn't it? Resistance is futile against Manchester City in that sort of form. Um, And it could have been 10, and it probably should have been 10. And if football's like that, I'll watch it every minute of every day for the rest of my life. Thank you very much, City. You were brilliant. It was one of the best team performances, Rog. You, you, you must have seen, I would have thought. Yeah, excepting Leeds had their injuries. It was well documented and, and they, they went for it, as Tony said, and, and left, left some gaps for us to fill. But, but even so, it, it was one of the great team performances, wasn't it? It was indeed. I've got to tell you as well, by the way, I'm seriously thinking of starting a fan club for Tony because he, he just talks sense, doesn't he? He's absolutely brilliant. You should get him on the podcast more often, I think. Now. <laughs> um, being serious, yeah, it's quite funny actually because I was watching the game and it's about three or four nil. Uh, yeah, and you know, uh, Stuart that sits, sits with us uh, now. Stuart said to me privately, he said, This reminds me of the Stoke game. Do you remember when we beat Stokes? Was it 7 2? 7 yeah. 1? Can't seven, remember what it was, but uh, a few years ago, he said, It reminds me of the Stoke game. And of course, we went on to score seven like we did against Stoke in that game. Honestly, that performance, and forgive me, I've been watching City nearly 60 years now. And they were purring like a Rolls-Royce engine last night. That was as good a performance as I think I've seen in 60 years. It was absolutely incredible. Almost faultless. Every single player contributed. They were right on form, the way they play. I mean, it just takes your breath away, the way they play. The way they, They're better than Brazil were in 1970. <laughs> they're better. Can't argue with it. Sorry. <laughs> and and, and, and Lizo, I mean, who, who stood out for you? I mean, I, I, I don't want to mention names. I've got a few written down. You, you, you kick off with kind of the, I talked about the great team performance, but also some fabulous individual performance. Who, well, who for to, you stood out? Who are the people you want to pick up? Nigel, I have to say, I have not seen the game. I wasn't there. I was home. <laughs> the game. But what are you doing I, on the bloody podcast? I'll come on. I'll come on the podcast now. I shall so talk I, about listen, whatever you want. I am waiting for match of the day tonight. I am. I can't wait. Come back when you watched it, then, Lisa. Will you? Yeah. <laughs> what a waste of time you are. You've but, just ruined the result for him now. Yeah, I didn't even know the result. City one seven nil, Lisa. Seven nil, mate. Foden, Grealish, 
KDB2, <laughs> Mares, Stones and Ake. 7 no, nil, mate. Thank you right? so much for that. Now, having, having heard from Reed, <laughs> having spoken to him, having read some of the reports, I think the one thing I will say is who's come out of that with the best credibility is Grealish. Apparently, that was his best game. He scored with a header, which he doesn't do, and he played well in that false nine position. And that's really all I can say about it. But if I'm not there and he scores seven every every time, I'm going to be not going to another game. <laughs> Good. Delighted to hear it. Good stuff. So, so Tony, certainly, certainly Greenish, first half in particular, I have to say he started really well. He looked as though he had a, a point to prove, scored his goal. Um, and, and, you know, there's been so much press and, and he's under so much pressure, the lad, with the price tag around his head. It's not around his neck. It's not easy, is it? But but what a great first half he had. Yeah, and I think he was more suited. He was actually, I think, playing more on the left last night, which I think suited him better with Foden. Yeah, well, Lizzo doesn't know that. He didn't lead and watch. <laughs> 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 I'll look out for that tonight. <laughs> Uh, no, he, he was. He did well last night. I mean, when he starts scoring headers, you know, you know, it's your night, to be honest, don't you? Um, but oh, it was just, it was just so much fun. I can't tell you. I think, I, I think I'll watch it with you tonight as well, Ian. <laughs> so, 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 Rog, in, in terms of other players that spring to mind, I mean, I've got, I've got a few written down here. Who, who else do you want to pick up on? Well, I, 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 what I'm going to pick up on is actually the ones that didn't play because I think the big thing that jumps out at me is that they, I, I've said already they were purring like a, a Rolls-Royce engine last night. But this is without Cancelo, without Sterling, without Walker. I, I think Pep's ability to shuffle the pack, give rest to particular players at particular times, I think it's absolutely fantastic. And for us to turn in a performance like that, when he shuffled the pack again and clearly resting players, I just think it's phenomenal. I don't want to pick individuals, Nigel, because they were all absolutely brilliant. And watching that team collectively, the squad we've got, I've said before, you know my concerns are that we might get injuries. I really am concerned that we're going to end up playing teams who are just going to try and kick our players because that's the only way they can get near them. So we won't do it. Do you want to pick any individual players then, Tony, before we move on? Because I, I want to talk about maybe one that I don't think he's, 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 he's kind of a bit under the radar. You know, people talk about KDB and, of course, he was fantastic. Just look out for him tonight on Match of the Day, Lizo. You'll enjoy his performance. Uh, so, so, <laughs> this is relentless attack on you, Lizzie. Yeah, we're, we're the team in blue, by the way, OK? Just... <laughs> But, but they were in blue. They were in blue as well. It's a bit confusing. Yeah. So, so there's two blues. It's like the dark blue of Oxford, as as Roger was uh, tweeting the other day, and the sky blue of Manchester. So we were in the light of blue. The sky like watching the boat race. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody else, Tony? You want to? Uh, well, we've mentioned we've mentioned KDB. I thought Foden was magnificent, but. You know, it was interesting, wasn't it? In most teams, 3-0 up at half-time, often the second half's a bit of a damp squib, but from the first to the 90th minute, we just kept going. We were relentless. And we're also very humble with it as well. Um, you know, look at Phil Foden. If there's a more level-headed 21-year-old, I'd, I'd be utterly gobsmacked. What a nice guy. Lizo was a reasonably humble 21-year-old about 47, 47 years ago when he used to go to games. But anyway, Lizo, you want to come back in? Mate? I'm just going to make one comment. A few weeks ago, we were talking about we need a centre-forward. Can I ask the question to the rest of it? Do we need a centre-forward now? And the answer is? I, well, no, for me... Because I didn't watch yeah, 
we, we need <laughs> more players. We need more players. I've said all along, we in most Premier League cl- clubs have got 25 players in their squad. And we've got 22 senior players, one of which is Mendy. So we are sure of senior players. And I, I'm hoping we can get one or two, you know, at, at some point, maybe in January even, if uh, if the forward planning will allow it. But they've got to be right. They've got to be right for the squad because they've got to be special players to fit into this squad. Tony, do we need a centre-forward is the question that Lizzo asked. But he's not He's not watched the game, so he's suddenly, he's suddenly changed <laughs> the subject. Obviously, <laughs> doing yeah, there will be times we need a centre-forward. Um we're not always going to meet a team that's as uh, easy to play against as as Leeds last night. It really was candy from a kid. There will be times we need that striker to take that one chance when we're in, you know, please God, the next Champions League final. I think we'll need the likes of Mr. Harlem. But you're right, it has to be someone of absolutely the right quality and who fits into the club. Um, and with Pep, it may well take a bit of time for them to settle in because they have to adapt to the way we play. But yeah, I'd have certainly have no objections to an out and out number nine coming in just to get us over the line occasionally. I agree. My favourite fact of the day, Lizo, is that City had eleven more shots last night than Spurs had in September, which I think is my favourite. I love that. That's one of my favourites. So, so look out for that when you watch that match today, Lizo. Listen, um, what a magnificent, uh, what a magnificent evening at the Etihad uh, for, for all to enjoy. Uh, apart from Lizo, uh, so we know our next. Uh, we know our next... fancy booking someone to come on the show and then didn't watch the game. Where's the producer? <laughs> Bring the producer here now. Need a chat. We've got a guest on who didn't go to the game, and I'm asking questions, and he doesn't know. I'll talk to you later. Sorry, back back with the show. Yeah. So what we were saying was, we know our opponents uh, for the next round of the Champions League, Sporting Lisbon, Lizo. You, you've been to Lisbon. Yes. You know all about Sporting Lisbon. I've been uh, to you're Lisbon. an expert in the field. Lovely Tell us place. All about, what are your thoughts? Lovely river. Love, lovely drinks. Nice sherry things. That, what about the team? Don't know. Don't know anything about them. What colour do they play? Blue? No. I, I, I think for me, the draw yesterday was just... Again, it just was a whole weekend of sporting chaos, to be honest with you, from the penalties from the, from the top three clubs to the Formula One. And it had to happen to the Champions League draw and Man United, of course. Now, there's conspiracy theories are all out straight away. Um, it doesn't matter who we've got, to be honest with you. The way we've been talking, the way City are playing, it doesn't really matter. Lisbon's a nice place. Love to go to it. Better than going to some, some of the other places. So, yeah, looking forward to that one. Rog, your thoughts about Sporting Lisbon? Decent draw? Yeah, I think it's a good draw for us, Nigel. I I think one of the great things is, as you know, we've got a a wealth of Portuguese players who are on top of their form at the moment. We've got people with Portuguese connections. They always tend to raise the game, don't they, when when they go home, as it were. So I think it's a great draw for us to, uh, to play them in the next round. Tony, any thoughts on Sporting Lisbon? They've not actually lost a league game all season yet, have they? I know the Portuguese league isn't the strongest league in the world but I think they'll give us a good game but no it could have been a lot worse and I'm, I'm very very confident we'll go through so looking forward and before Tony we look at Newcastle away at the weekend just your thoughts on Raheem Sterling as a nominee for Sports Personality of the Year any, any were you surprised to see that clearly he did well in the Euros and 
He's done quite a lot of stuff off the pitch, of course, back in his uh, his hometown of Wembley and Brent and, and and the kids there and stuff. So he's done lots of good stuff. But surprised he was nominated, or was delighted and thrilled? Both actually, a little surprised, but but very pleased for him. Look, he's been at the forefront of anti-racism. Uh, initiatives for a very long time and he's a guy I think who clearly cares I know many of us have divided opinions on him as a, a footballer at the moment and how well he's doing it's interesting he he didn't play last night um, and how the team performed but for now well done Raheem I think we're all very proud of him and uh, I doubt he'll win it but I hope he does very well and may continue to uh, show improved performances over the next few months Rog I know it's one of your favourite shows of the year um Looking forward to see Raheem pick up the trophy, or do you think it's unlikely? I've got to tell you, by the way, Tony, can I be the number one member of your fan club? Because I think you talk so much <laughs> sense. I think I, I think I need to actually start the fan club for you. Um, no, seriously, yeah. What Tony said about Raheem is so right. He's been a fa- fantastic role model. Uh, I think he's, he's still a fantastic footballer who's relevant at the top of the game. Uh, we love saying, look where he is. He's at the top of the league. He's done so much work uh, to, to look at inclusive uh, society. Um, my only worry is that if you look at previous um, Sports Personality of the Year awards, they've been token footballers, can I say, in the shortlist. And I, it worries me a little bit that he's this year's token footballer because he's not actually going to win it. Um, that's what worries me a little bit. Um, and for me, you know, the young tennis player is going to win it. Sure. Uh, obviously, Lisa, I realise you may not know who Raheem Sterling is and may not have seen him play recently. Yeah, so uh, can, we, can we just move on to Newcastle away then, Chuka? I think you know about Newcastle and you know where it is and you might have a view about our fixture against the team who are firmly at the bottom of the league. Yeah, um, I think confidence is high. I think we go there um, with, with, with great expectations, to be honest with you. Um, but my only worry is it's Manchester City. We always have a banana at some place, banana skin at some place. I just don't want it to be at Newcastle with Eddie Howe doing a, a good job. But my feeling is I, I don't think we've got a lot to worry there. I think whatever team Pep puts out, I think it should be a comfortable win. We should be too strong for them, shouldn't we, Tony, really, on, on paper? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, no, they're not a great team, Newcastle. They're clearly struggling and just staggering through to the transfer window to hope they can uh, turn things around. It's get an early goal and settle things down, and then I think it should be pretty straightforward from that. Newcastle, Nick, one, should be a tough game, but we are by far the better team. We're in good form. Three points. Uh, Let's have your predictions then for the weekend against Newcastle away. Roger Reid. Yeah, I think we'll, uh, we should be the stronger team as Tony's described, Nigel. Uh, the good thing I was going to say was with Eddie Howe in charge, he will try and play football. But uh, what worries me a little bit is that he needs he needs performances now, Eddie Howe. You know, it's like that early stage where he's got to get the fans on board. So it needs to be a performance from Newcastle. And, you know, that worries me a little bit. I, I think we'll, uh, we'll nick it. Yeah, I think we will nick it. Maybe 2-1. Tony, your thoughts? Score? I am going for a 3-0 to Manchester City and uh, Ian will tell you the result next Tuesday, OK? <laughs> yeah, <don't... laughs> well, I obviously won't watch the game on Sunday either. Um, <laughs> um, I'm, I'm, I'm going for a 3-0 victory as well and I think anything that, that 
clean sheet then makes it a record, doesn't it? If he, if he keeps a clean sheet on Sunday. Amazing. It's been it's been a lot of fun this week. Huge thanks uh, to two of my three guests, at least anyway, um, to, to, to Tony Newgrosh and to Roger Reed, and and I apologise to all our listeners um, for having Ian Lee's on the show because he's not watched City play, and and we've got him on the show. So what can I say? I will have to consider my position very very seriously. Uh, after nearly ten years in this seat, it could be my last show. I'm off to consider all of that. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you all very soon. If you'd like to advertise on or sponsor this show, contact us at playbackmedia.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network.